You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Deborah King, one of the elder care coordinators at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today we are talking about balance. Joining us for the conversation is Dr. Jason Baker of Music City Audiology. Dr. Baker, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm really excited to talk about this topic and give some more information about balance issues. Great. So let's just start off. Can ear issues lead to balance issues and falls? Yeah, that's a great starting question. So our inner ear system is made up of our hearing organ, the cochlea, and right next to it are our balance organs. And so when a lot of people have hearing loss, they could also develop some balance issues over time. Okay. So how do we figure out if someone's experiencing falls, how do we know if it's inner ear versus something else? Yeah, I think so naturally as people get older, I get this all the time. They just say, yeah, I'm older. I'm having some falls. I'm having some bouts of dizziness and that's my least favorite answer. Um, it's a, it's not a great answer to the problem because we obviously want to understand what the physiological components are that are causing this person to have some dizziness, whether that's imbalance or swimmy head or actual true spinning sensations. Okay, so is this something a PCP can pick up or should they consult with an audiologist? Yeah, so audiology isn't usually the first stop. Um, It's usually someone either has a huge crazy bout of vertigo and then they are sent to the hospital and then from there they consult with their primary care doctors and go from there. But it's usually a lot of specialists, either... um, a PCP or an ENT or um, a rheumatologist or other specialists or even cardiologists are kind of ruling things out. And then when they determine that it isn't a certain issue, then they'll point towards the ears as something to confirm or rule out. Okay. Okay. Because I recently had a client that had some dizziness and, and she kind of went down that same road of neurology and cardiology and physical therapy. Um, And they uh, they did at some point look at her ears and um, she's still not sure what all caused it, but it has gotten better over time. (laughs) Yeah, that um, a lot of issues that cause dizziness and balance issues do resolve on their own over time. But for some people, it takes months or even years to find a solution or even find an answer to what actually caused the dizziness in the first place. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and so 
the dizziness we're talking about might or is different than like a vertigo spell or are they kind of related? Oh yeah. I was hoping you would kind of lead us into this discussion, um, differentiating the symptoms themselves. So most audiologists would say, so dizziness is kind of the umbrella of the symptoms. So when people say that they are dizzy, they could mean that they actually have true spinning, which is vertigo. That's just the symptom itself. Or they might have imbalance, unsteadiness. They might say that they are lightheaded. They might say that they feel swimmy. They might say that their eyes feel like they're jerking around. So there's a lot of different ways that people use the word dizziness. So our job is to identify how those symptoms relate to if it's an inner ear issue or not. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's like trying to describe pain. It's a nebulous thing. And how do do you know what your pain is? How can you describe your dizziness to someone else? Yeah. It's not always easy. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So what specific symptoms would one think about balance being ear-related versus neurological? Yeah. Um, So I think the first question that I usually ask when I'm asking someone case history specific to their dizziness, I'll ask them if they're having true vertigo or spinning. So typically when someone complains of spinning sensations where they actually say that they feel like the room is spinning or they feel like objects are spinning around them, that would lead us to narrow down towards an inner ear issue, typically. Okay, okay. And that's because of the structure of the ear and how that affects the balance, I would guess. Yeah, some components. So one of the more common causes of dizziness is BPPV, which is benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, which people know that as the crystals in the ear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what happens there, that's a mechanical issue where these calcium deposits get dislodged. And so when someone turns over in bed or they lean back or a specific position elicits uh, that movement and then it causes those crystals to free float in the inner ear structures and then they get about a vertigo that usually lasts about 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. Okay. And then that can come and go over time. Yeah. So those individuals typically would do really well with some physical therapy and having someone that's trained to actually get those crystals back in place. Okay. Do you do specific tests when someone discusses dizziness with you or balance issues? Yeah, so there there's a full battery of tests that audiologists can complete to when we're trying to determine what's the root cause of dizziness. Um, some of the tests involve getting someone hooked up with electrodes that we put on their head and neck to measure specific structures in the inner ear, which some offices do. It just depends on the equipment. And then there's more... Um, common tests that a lot of offices do where it's called a VNG test or video nystagmography. So 
it's made up of a battery of tests that we look at eye movements in relation to what we're doing to the patient, whether they're tracking an object on a screen or something that a lot of people have fears of when they read about balance testing is the caloric test where we put some air or sometimes water into the ear canal. Mm -hmm. It actually elicits about a vertigo. Um, That test I think is becoming um, less and less not, not helpful or useful, but a lot of offices are substituting it with other tests because it puts our patients through a lot of discomfort. Okay. Is this something you would do with every new patient or just when you hear concerns about balance or dizziness? Um, it, it depends on the office. So my, my setting, I'm currently not set up to do balance um, testing because I'm completely mobile. I would need a bigger space to run most of these tests and have that uh-huh. equipment. Uh, but, um, if I were to do like an assessment with someone, I can get a lot of information just from the case history. And then I can make a recommendation for a patient to go usually to an ENT clinic where they have this testing. And I would make a recommendation to say, Hey, I think this person might have this disorder. These tests would be helpful in ruling it out or confirming it. Okay. So, is is there a specific treatment? That depend, but uh, I know it depends on what you narrow it down to, whether it's mechanical or something different. But yeah, so BPPV is the only uh, balance disorder that's mechanical. So that one, they go to physical therapy, or the audiologist can actually do the maneuver to get those crystals back into place. Um, all, a lot of the other disorders. So if it's, if it's something like vestibular neuritis where the nerve is either inflamed or there's some degeneration of the nerves, um, usually the body will compensate over time, but physical therapy is usually a good recommendation because the brain needs to relearn how to walk and ambulate with a system that's now, kind of imbalanced. So one ear is usually impacted. So then the brain needs to recognize that we still need those two ears to work together. And so doing physical therapy and exercises and staying active is actually more beneficial to the patient. That makes sense. That makes sense. But that you probably get some resistance because I talk to a lot of people that, especially if they've had a fall, um, are very cautious about not having another fall. And so they tend to limit their mobility. Yeah. The, the fear of falling gets uh, more serious, especially so like once people are getting older and they have an instance where they almost fell or they did fall, they will naturally want to avoid any situation or circumstance that's going to lead them to another fall Uh, just because of the, um, the spiral that could happen if they fall again, then it leads to the hospital and it's just a bad situation. So a lot of people just want to sit at home and not do anything. I see that all too often. That's, that's very true. Um, and, 
and it's it's difficult to get over. But I think what you're saying and and what intrigues me is is just the whole human body and how everything has to work together, and everything has to be quote unquote imbalance in order for us to function well, but that we can retrain some things and we can overcome some of these obstacles that may happen due to injury, illness, or just normal aging. Yes. So keeping mobile, keeping but safely mobile is probably the best thing a loved one can do to encourage someone who has balance issues or who is afraid of falling, making sure that they get the treatment, the therapy that they need, and um, monitoring them to help protect against those falls. Sounds like. Yeah. So I always encourage my patients. I mean, if we're able to get to a point where someone needs a walker or a cane or requires a family member or caregiver to loop arms and walk alongside them. Um, those are all great tools that we should use as, as we're noticing our patients becoming at more of a risk for falling. We want to use those tools. And I, and I understand that there's, a burden associated with having to use some of those tools because it slows us down, but it's way, it's way better than the other side of that, which is falling and making things so much worse. Absolutely. This is one situation where prevention is the best. Yeah. And then I also do, when I go into assisted living facilities, I, I do give talks, um, educational talks about, um, the risk for falls and, I'm really big on prevention. So if we can modify environments and avoid the falls to begin with, then we're in a better situation. So some examples are like moving furniture around. So there's a wider path to get through. So you're not having to cut corners Mm -hmm. or uh, tripping hazards like rugs or just items that are in the way. And then the biggest one, what I've heard from my patients is falls happening at night when there's um, if they're getting up in the middle of the night to use the restroom, mm-hmm. and the lights aren't on. Um, they're already can't. They already can't rely on their vision. So then their ears. If there's some deficit already that's just degrading, then they're relying on that system to get them successfully to the next room, and and then they get imbalanced and fall. So turn on the lights if you have to. Night lights. Um, sitting on the edge of the bed to at least get your bearings before you ambulate and go to the next room. And, and even, um, I was talking to someone today, the height of the bed, if, if it's a high bed, that can be a risk to get the bed where you can easily sit down and stand up from the side of the bed. Yeah, that's a, that's a great strategy. And, and move the nightstands. <laughs> yes. Don't don't have furniture too close where if you do take a tumble or a slip, you're not hitting other furniture. Well, this has just been real interesting. I appreciate you sharing with us about balance. Um, we're, we're glad that everyone could join us today. That's another episode of Aging Starts Now. Um, you can find us at Take Us McGinnis. Elder Care Law on the web, or you can call our office at 615-824-2571. 
talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.